Did I say sit down? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Are you guys doing good tonight? I, I've got to be honest with you. I am blown away at how many people are here on a Wednesday night with the weather and the snow and the ice. And it's amazing. Just turn to someone and say, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. It is a, a real honor for me to be here. And uh, I, I don't say that lightly. It, it really is. I am constantly blown away by New Life Church and what God is doing here. I think you have the greatest pastors, the greatest leaders. And come on, can we thank God for everything that He's doing? Thank God for the Bizets and Pastor Chris and Caddo, all the campus youth pastors and everyone here. It's absolutely amazing what God is doing. And for me to, to be a small part of that tonight, I just really believe that, that God wants to speak to you and uh, believe He's given me a word. And I want to I jump to it. I don't think I'm going to sit down, but this, this is kind of comfortable. I've never done this before. This is kind of cool. Um, oh, sorry, distracted. Let me just, I'll be too distracted, so I'm just going to put this back here. There we go. But uh, I brought a, a friend with me, our college pastor, Rafael Da Silva. Can you stand up? Can we give it up for Rafael? He's not single, just in case any ladies are wondering, he is taken, so don't even think about that. We're in church, you shouldn't be thinking about that anyway, uh, but we're going we're gonna to jump right to it. Who's enjoyed a few days off school? Has anyone, anyone slipped over in, on the ice? Anyone had any? Hey, what's the, what's the first thing you do when you, when you slip over in the ice, the first thing you do? Look around, make sure no one's looking, and someone always is, it's embarrassing, um, but it's, it's a good thing. Can I, can I show you a photo of my, my baby girl, Lila Rose? I think we have a photo. Look at her. Lila Rose, 15 months old. I, I have to remind her that her name's Lila and not Delilah. Because, I mean, look at that show on a little shoulder there. Little, little, I'm just, that's how she looks at all the boys. So, I'm, you need to pray for my daughter. She needs Jesus quick. Um, <laughs> I pray for her every night. Jesus, save my little girl, because she, she, has, she has issues. Um, but she is, she is the cutest. I love her so much. And uh, it's, it's fun being a dad. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Are you ready for the word? Did, did you bring a Bible with you tonight? If you did, just hold it up in the air. Just let me see what we're rolling with tonight, okay? All right, all right, all right. If you have your Bible, I want you to go with me to the book of, what book do you want to go to tonight? Mark. Let's go Mark. Um, just turn to someone and say Mark. 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 Just, hey, don't be teasing. Mark. If you have a Bible, I want you to go with me to Mark chapter 8. And if you have the same Bible as I do, it is page 946. Uh, Mark chapter 8, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you're wondering which translation is the most spiritual, it's the one you read the most. And so tonight, we're going with the New Living Translation. And I'm going to start reading in verse 22. It says this, When they arrived in Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes... Jesus is crazy. 
Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. If you're taking notes this evening, the, the title of this, this message is Don't Settle for Trees. Don't Settle for Trees. Just turn to someone and say, Don't Settle for Trees. And I just need to be clear, this is not an environmental message. I'm not talking about saving trees, although that is good to do. I'm not talking about smoking trees. I'm talking about not, not settling for trees. I'm just going to pray, and then we are going to dive right into this. Jesus, I thank you for the privilege and honor it is to, to be here tonight. I thank you for the incredible worship. I thank you for this team. I thank you for Everybody who made their way here tonight, Lord, everybody who couldn't be here but are watching online, Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together, that God, you would take these words and bring them to life in our hearts, that, that we might leave this place different from the way that we came in. Jesus, we love you, we, we honor you, we thank you for everything you're doing and everything we get to be a part of. In your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I don't know if you have a bucket list, but I, I have a bucket list, okay? Like when I am old and gray, I want to have some stories to tell. John 10.10 10 says that Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. And so I want to have some stories to tell. I don't want to live an ordinary, average existence. And June 2006, I got to tick off one of my bucket list experiences. You want to know what it was? My bucket list experience was to see a live silverback gorilla in the wild. I don't know if that's on your bucket list, but it was on my bucket list, silverback gorilla. I remember watching this old school movie called The Congo. I don't remember much about it, but I remember there were gorillas in it. I'm like, you know what? It'd be awesome one day to see one of those. And so it was on my bucket list. And I was on a missions trip in Rwanda. And the last day of this missions trip, we got to go on this hike through this jungle and see these, these gorillas in the wild. And we had a little, you know, team talk. We had some soldiers that were with us, and they gave us some survival tips, which I thought was pretty handy, considering we were in the wild, and silverback gorillas are, are pretty ferocious and scary. And basically, the only tip they gave us was, uh, don't run. I'm like, awesome, thanks, great tip. And they taught us what they phrased the submission position. If we were ever to come in contact with a silverback gorilla, instead of running, we would have to slowly embrace the submission position. And the submission position looks something like this. If a silverback gorilla is right there. That was, that was the submission position. It was as simple as that. And so I practiced that a few times. I'm like, I I've got this. So we had to show the silverback gorilla that, that we were in fact inferior, that he was in fact in charge. And so we were just the submission position. And so we're walking through the jungle. And I mean, there was no guarantee we would even see the gorillas, but we were hopeful. We're walking. An hour and a half later, we've not seen a thing. Now, I don't know if you enjoy hiking, but I don't really enjoy hiking all that much, okay? Like, I'm just being real. I just, I just don't enjoy walking through the bush. Like, it's not a whole bunch of fun for me. And so we're, we're walking through this jungle, hour and a half in, 
and I start to complain. Any complainers in here, don't put your hand up, it's embarrassing. But I just, I just started to complain. Some of you are like, no, I'm proud of being a complainer. I am a complainer. I'm like, guys, like, we may not even see a silverback gorilla. Like, can't we just, can't we just get a photo of a photo? And, and like, can't we just see one in a zoo? Like, guys, it's been an hour and a half. Can't we turn around and, and go? Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, we've seen some cool stuff already. We've seen some cool trees and some birds I've never seen before. And these soldiers with machine guns is kind of cool. Like, like, that's enough. Let's turn around and go back. And my friend's like, no, no, let's keep going. Let's keep going. It's like, fine. Ten minutes later, no joke, we walk into this family of gorillas. And it was amazing. There was, there was like the big daddy, silverback gorilla. His name was Charles. That was his name. Awesome name. Charles, the silverback gorilla, and then Charles's wife was there, and a bunch of kids, and I think Charles had a couple girlfriends as well, because there was a few other female gorillas in the family. I, I don't know how they do it in gorilla world, but that's just how it went. And I'm like, this is amazing. And, and as we're taking photos of these gorillas, somehow I got caught between Charles, the silverback gorilla, and one of his babies. And his baby, baby gorillas aren't very smart. I didn't realize that until this moment, but the baby gorilla reaches for a branch, misses it, falls out of the tree and squeals. And Charles thinks that I'm trying to take his baby gorilla. So Charles starts coming in my direction. He's about 10 meters away at this point. Charles is ripping apart trees coming. He is huge, like think King Kong. He is massive. And he's coming in my direction and I'm in the middle and I'm thinking, I can't run. And it slows down. I'm like, this is my moment. <laughs> the submission position. My friends are yelling out, assume the position. I'm like. <laughs> and this is in slow-mo. Charles is still coming towards me. And I'm thinking, Charles is not going to stop. He is gonna trample over me. And so in the heat of the moment, I dive out of the way and I dive on top of my boss and, and, and roll underneath my boss. <laughs> so he's on top so that he would get eaten first, okay? It, it was survival instinct that just kicked in. Charles went past, saw that his baby was fine. It, it was okay, I'm still underneath my boss. I'm like, sorry boss, it's kind of awkward, but you're older than I am. I've got a few more years to live. I hope you understand. <laughs> I'm so glad that my friends didn't allow me to settle. Because if they allowed us to settle, we would never seen these silverback gorillas. We would never seen Charles. We would never seen Charles rip apart trees, trying to trample me, thinking that I was stealing his baby. If we had have settled, we would have never seen. Do you know how easy it is to settle in life and not even realize we're settling? You see, a lot of us have settled for a life of insecurity because we've just been insecure for so long, we actually forget what it feels like to be secure. Some of us settle for the way things are because that's the way that they've always been. We settle for average and we settle for mediocre and ordinary. We become comfortable with our dysfunction, making excuses for ourselves and Without even realizing it, we've become someone we were never called to be. See, when you settle for who you are today, you sabotage who you're called to be tomorrow. I'll say that again. When you settle for who you are today, you sabotage who you're called to be tomorrow. 
Perhaps this blind man in Mark chapter 8 had settled. Verse 22 says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. It's interesting that this blind man is standing face to face with Jesus, standing face to face with the only one that has the power to heal him and he says absolutely nothing. Like, I mean, if, if I have an issue that needs fixing and I'm standing face to face with the only one that can fix it, Jesus, like, I'm gonna say something, believe me. I'm gonna say, Jesus, help. Jesus, fix this. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, do something. I am gonna say something. And yet this blind man says absolutely nothing while his friends are begging Jesus on his behalf. I mean, this whole scenario is just awkward. Could it be that this blind man's silence was indicative of him settling for his reality? Could it be that he'd become so used to life the way it was, so used to begging, so used to being led by the voice of the crowd, used to not expecting much for his future, not expecting anything to change, thinking, well, this is just the way things are. These are just the cards that I've been dealt. This is just who I am. Could it be that we sometimes do the same? That we settle for life as it is and life as we know it? That we're so used to being led by our own fears, so used to being led by our own insecurities, so used to struggling with the habits and issues and addictions that instead of hoping, we settle for coping. We stop asking for things to change. We, we stop praying like we used to and we silently settle for the reality of our today. And when you settle for your reality, you silence your God-given ability to change it. But the good news tonight is that because of Jesus, you and I, we don't have to settle for our reality. Because of Jesus, we don't have to stay the same. Because Jesus went to the cross on our behalf, because he died and rose again, you and I can rise above whatever it is that is trying to take us out in life. You and I can keep moving forward and when we get knocked down in life because of Jesus, we have the power to get back up and keep moving. Anyone thankful for Jesus tonight? Anyone thankful that we don't have to settle, that we can be made new and move forward? That's how good our God is. The first thing I love about our text is that even though this blind man was silent and settled, his friends were not. Bible says that they brought him to Jesus and begged Jesus to heal him. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the friends in my life that haven't allowed me to settle. Friends that, that don't leave me at home, on the couch, watching Netflix with Nutella all over my face. I mean, I'm thankful for the friends that are there for me when it hasn't been my day, my week, my month, or, or even my year. I mean, I'm thankful for the friends that, that pray for me behind my back instead of gossip about me behind my back. I'm, I'm thankful for the friends that speak life in every season. It says in Proverbs 17, 17, that a friend loves at all times and a brother's born for adversity. I don't know about you, but I wanna be that kind of friend this year. I wanna be the friend that points people to Jesus. I wanna be the friend that speaks life no matter what the season is. I want to be the friend that fights to see others succeed and others break through and break free. Just turn to someone and say, will you be my friend? <laughs> if you don't know them, don't say that. That's weird. It's awkward. Uh, verse 23 says, Jesus took the blind man by the hand 
and led him out of the village. I want us to pause right here. I want you to catch this. No doubt there was a crowd surrounding Jesus. I mean, crowds surrounded Jesus everywhere that Jesus went. It would have been noisy. It would have been busy. It would have been absolute chaos. And yet Jesus leads him away from the chaos of the crowd, away from the usual voices. Jesus leads him away from everything he usually relied on. Because in some ways, the chaos of the crowd can be comforting. In life, the crowd says, hey, just, just do you. The crowd says, hey, just, just relax. The crowd says, hey, you're, you're young, just enjoy the moment. If it feels good, do it. The crowd says, you don't need to change. The crowd says, you just relax, you just get by, you just settle. And I love that Jesus drew him away from the crowd. Who knows, sometimes you've got to draw away from the crowd in order to draw near to him. Verse 23 goes on to say, Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? You know, perhaps this blind man was used to being spit on, so to speak. Perhaps he was thinking, well, here we go again, being spit on again. But no, this, this is Jesus. This is God in the flesh. And you need to know tonight when Jesus spits in the face of your expectations, it's because he's got something better for you. When Jesus spits in the face of your expectations, it's because he's got something more in store for you. I love that about our God. I wonder tonight whether you're okay with Jesus doing something unexpected in your life this year. I wonder if you're okay with God messing up your plans just a little bit. Because the same way he took this blind man by the hand and led him away from the crowd, I believe Jesus this year wants to take you by the hand, wants to lead you away from the crowd at times, wants to lead you away from distraction at times. This year he wants to be your confidence and he wants to be your hope. He wants to be your source of strength. So Jesus leads him away spits in his face and then says to the man, can you see anything now? Verse 24, the man looked around. Yes, he said. Turn to someone and say, yes. I see dead people. The Bible doesn't say that. It says, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Now, let's stop here. This man's response is interesting because it indicates that he's, in fact, seen before. He's had vision before because he knows what trees look like and he knows that people aren't meant to look like trees and so vision is not something new to him but, in fact, something that he's lost along the way. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe at one point in your life you had a clear vision for your life. Maybe at one point you had this idea, this dream of who you wanted to be and, and how you wanted to live and how you wanted to represent Jesus on your campus or at work, but somewhere along the way, what was clear became cloudy. Somewhere along the way, you got distracted. Somewhere along the way, you got disappointed. Somewhere along the way, you were discouraged. Maybe someone that you cared about said something to you that crippled you on the inside and you can no longer see clearly. You can't see a way out. You can't see a way through. I wonder if that's you tonight. You gotta know that what you can't see never limits what he can do. 
John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but through me. Anyone thankful that even when we can't see a way out, that Jesus can see a way out? Then even when we can't see a way through, that Jesus can see a way through? Jesus lays hands on him, says, can you see anything now? And he says, yes. Turn to someone and say, yes. I think a lot of us would have stopped at yes. Can you see anything now? Yes. Yeah, I, I see something. Billy Cartwright, is that, is that you? No, okay. Like I, I, see so, I can't see very clearly, but I, I see something and I, I can't really see much, but this is better than what it was. And Jesus, thank you, because I'm like busy and I've got things that I gotta do. And so I'm happy with this. Like I can see something is blurry, but th- this is cool. I'm just gonna settle, I'm just gonna go with this. I've got, it. I've got it from here. Because this man was so used to settling for being blind, it would have been easy for him to settle for seeing trees. See, Christians do this all the time. Well, it's not perfect, it's, it's not great, but it's okay, it's better than it was. I, I'm okay with settling. Well, he, I know he doesn't really love Jesus, but I mean, he comes to church at Easter and uh, we, we watched the, the Noah movie together and so like, I think maybe it's okay, I'm, I'm okay with, with, with settling. Well, I, I tried and, and I failed, and I don't really like failing, so I'm not going to try anymore. I'm okay with settling. Well, I'm still sick, but I'm not sick as that person. Maybe I should stop praying. Maybe I should just settle. Well, I'm still addicted, but I'm not really hurting anyone, so I'm okay with, with settling. But I love this man's honesty and his boldness. He wasn't going to fake it or pretend or, or just settle for better than nothing. You know, we can learn something from this guy tonight that we've gotta be honest with Jesus. We've gotta be honest with ourselves. Have you ever tried to convince yourself that something was okay when it really wasn't okay? Like I was thinking about when I first started dating my wife, I took her on this date and I mean the date went horribly wrong. And I tried to convince myself that it was still okay but I mean, I forgot to, to book a reservation at the restaurant I wanted to take it to. So we got there, we couldn't get in and we ate at some dodgy restaurant. And I mean, I was really tired. And so during our conversation, I was yawning, which that's not a good thing to do, guys. If you're on a date with a girl and she's talking, yawn, don't, don't do that. Do whatever you can not to do that. That's not gonna go well for you. And to make matters worse, if that wasn't bad enough, I forgot to fill up my car with gas. And so on the way home, we ran out of gas on the highway and we were stuck on the side of the road for about an hour and a half. And I, I drive her home and I'm like, wow, I don't know if she will ever go on another date with me. Like I've, I've ruined this. And I got out of the car and I walked her to a front door and I'm like, uh, Leona, like I, I need to apologize. That, that date sucked. I'm really sorry. I just had this honesty moment. I'm like, if you let me take you out again, I promise I'll, I'll, I'll do better next time. And she started laughing. She's like, it's so fine. It's okay. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, I really like you. I'm like, oh, I really like you too. <laughs> I'm like, and then it just kind of got quiet. I'm like, this is my moment. <laughs> submission position. No, not the submission position. I'm like, this is it. And I, I, I went in 90%. She came the other 10%, it was hitch approved. We had this kiss and oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I floated to the car and I'm like, Jesus, I, I, 
You never go wrong with being honest. And I wanna encourage someone in here tonight. Maybe there's been a conversation that you've been meaning to have and been putting off. It's time to have that conversation. For some of us in here tonight, we've gotta be honest with God with how we're doing and what we're feeling and what we're dealing with. We've gotta be honest with our leaders, maybe students, maybe we've gotta be honest with our parents. Maybe we've gotta be honest with our friends, but you can't go wrong with honesty. Jesus says, can you see anything now? And I love his honesty. Jesus, I I can see something. And it's better than it was, but Jesus, I I don't wanna offend you or anything, because I know you're like like God and all, and you like created everything. Um, But like the people kind of look like trees and there's kind of leaves and branches everywhere. It's it's kind of weird. I feel like you you could do better. And I love verse 25. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. Verse 25 is one of my favorite verses of Scripture in the entire Bible. Then he placed his hands on the man's eyes again. This reminds me that that Jesus doesn't half do anything. Jesus doesn't do good enough. No, Jesus does good. Jesus doesn't start something in your life and then change his mind, leaving you to wipe the spit off and keep struggling in life. No, better than nothing is not the best that God has for you. You know, Mark's gospel is the only gospel to record this miracle. And I'm so glad that it does because sometimes your breakthrough isn't always instant. Sometimes your miracle doesn't happen straight away. Sometimes God doesn't work within the time frame that we so graciously give him. But you need to know that that doesn't mean that God's not moving. That doesn't mean that God's not doing something in your life. Doesn't mean that you've been forgotten or overlooked. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that, that God's made everything beautiful in its time. So if there's an area in your life right now that's not beautiful, can I encourage you to give God more time? Because what God has said, God will do. What God has promised, God will provide. What God has started, God will finish. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. Isaiah 55.11, his word does not return unto him void, but it accomplishes that for which it was sent. Hebrews 12, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, this gradual healing is significant because it shows us the three stages of of spiritual change. Absolute darkness, glimmering light, and clear vision. Maybe you've been coming along to church for a while, maybe you come along to youth, or maybe you come to these collide nights whenever you can, and maybe you don't believe all this Jesus stuff, but you believe some. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't trust Jesus with with every area of your life, but but you trust him with, with, with a little more than you used to last year. You know, there's nothing wrong with being at that stage in your journey, but can I encourage you tonight? The more you get around Jesus, the more you you turn up, turn to someone and say, turn up. (laughs) The more you worship and the more you get around people that are gonna encourage you 
and the more you pray and the more you serve and the more you get involved, the more you realize that God has something in store for your life, the more you realize that your life matters, the more you realize that your purpose matters, the more you realize that God is doing something in your life. Turn to someone and say, don't settle for trees. (laughs) Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. As we bring this to a close tonight, I just wanna give you two things that you see clearly when you don't settle for trees. Maybe I can get the keys up here to play some nice soft spiritual music to help me out, that'd be awesome. (laughs) If you're taking notes, two things you see clearly, and the first is this, you see yourself clearly. When you don't settle for trees, you see yourself clearly. I wonder tonight how you see yourself. Because how you see yourself will influence how you see others and, and how others will see you. And when you see yourself clearly, you don't cling to the need for approval or acceptance because you know that you already are. But too many of us have settled for trees, settled for an inferior version of who we are, settled for a distorted image of who we're called to be. And we don't see ourselves clearly. And so we don't see life clearly. And so we find ourselves constantly bumping into things. Find ourselves bumping into mediocrity. Find ourselves just bumping into laziness and average. Find ourselves bumping into guilt. Find ourselves bumping into to bad decisions, find ourselves bumping into to bad habits, bumping into to bad relationships and addictions because we don't see ourselves clearly. We don't think that we deserve anything better. You know, when you look in the mirror, I wonder what you see. I've got my little mirror right here. Borrowed this from Pastor Chris. Thank you, Chris. Oh, love you. Thanks for the mirror. Um, But when you look in the mirror, I wonder what you see. You know, for some people, when they look in the mirror, for some people, they they like really, really like what they see and it's a little disturbing. Like some people, when they get in front of that mirror, they're like, oh God, woo, wow, God, you have done good with me. God, wow, I just feel sorry, God, for everybody else. But God, you really nailed it with me. My Lord, you start quoting Psalm 139, marvelous are your works, oh God. Oh, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, you love what you see. When you look at yourself in the mirror, stop while I vomit in my mouth for a moment. But you know, for most people, just being real tonight, most people, when they look in the mirror, they don't really like what they see. For most people, when they look in the mirror, they're reminded of everything they're not. When they look in the mirror, they're reminded of mistakes that they've made, reminded of their failures, reminded of their flaws. I know for me, for years, I I would look in the mirror and remind God that He's got the wrong person. God, I'm too insecure for what you're calling me to do. God, there's no way I could represent you like that. There's no way I can stand for you like that. There's no way I can do that, God. I don't go to the right school. I I don't come from the right family. I'm not confident enough. I'm not popular enough. I don't have it all together. I still make mistakes. God, you need to find someone else until finally I realized that I'd been looking in the wrong mirror and instead I needed to look to the mirror of this Word 
and allow what God says shape how I live my life because who knows that what you see and what God sees can be completely different. Like you might look in the mirror and you might see guilt, but God sees grace. You might see failure, but God sees a future. You might see weakness, but God sees strength. And I wanna encourage you tonight, if what you see in the mirror doesn't line up with what God sees, you need a new mirror. You need a new mirror tonight. You gotta see yourself the way God sees you. Instead of telling yourself who you're not, you gotta start telling yourself who you are. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a child of the Most High God. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the head and not the tail. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. I am a partaker of His divine nature. I am a conqueror in Christ. I am complete in Him. The old is gone, the new has come. That's how you gotta see yourself when you wake up tomorrow. That's how you've got to see yourself every time you struggle, every time you're tempted to give up and give in. That's how you've got to see yourself. You don't have to chase influence anymore. But when you see yourself, the way God sees you, influence chases you. I don't know about you, but I'm not settling for another year of chasing after things that should be chasing after me. I'm not settling for another year of insecurity not settling for another year of mediocrity, not settling for another year with just battling the same habits and the same hurts. I'm not settling for another year of making excuses, not settling for trees when I know Jesus has more in store for me to see. Number two, as we close, rest of the team can join me, we're almost done. When you don't settle for trees, you see yourself clearly. Number two, you see Jesus clearly. I wonder how you see Jesus tonight. There's a lot of different perspectives of who Jesus is and what Jesus is like. I'll never forget a few years ago, I was in Sydney with my wife and we were walking along the beach. It was date night, we were eating ice cream, Baskin Robbins, chocolate peanut butter, nothing better. And we were walking and there was this old man standing on his own little soapbox and he had his own little sound system and his own backing track. And I mean, he was this angry Christian guy, I guess. And he's just yelling at people, telling everybody that God was angry. People walking past, he's yelling at them like, you're gonna burn in hell. Turn to Jesus or burn for eternity. Like this guy was crazy. And he was loud and some people were laughing at him. And I could tell for some people that they were real discouraged and they started dropping their head. And my wife and I are walking past and he, he looks at me. I was holding hands with my wife. and. He looks at me and he's like, you, 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 young fornicator, you're gonna burn in hell. I'm like, wow, easy, man. Like I'm trying to enjoy a date night with my wife here. And he's like, God is mad at you. God is angry. I'm like, bro, you're kind of killing my vibe. You know, I was hoping to make out with my wife, but uh, thanks. I'm like, I think, I think God would actually want people to know that, that he actually loves them, not that he's angry. Not that he disapproves, not that he's judging them right now. I, th I think Jesus would actually want to know. And then I, I said that to him and that didn't help the situation. So he started yelling more. He got off his soapbox and started walking towards me. And then we were peace out of there. I didn't know what he had on him. He was old. He could have stabbed me with his walking stick. I don't know. But I wonder how you see Jesus because there are so many warped, distorted perspectives 
perceptions of who Jesus is. Some people think that Jesus is just this religious fanatic, that, that Jesus was just this, this good guy, this teacher. Some people think that Jesus was just this judgmental person, just shaking his head in disapproval. So many have a twisted perspective because of upbringing or education or experience or just weird Christians that we've met along the way. But you need to know tonight that Jesus, He loves you. It says in Ephesians 3.18, may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is. His love is unconditional. His love is unrelenting. His love is unstoppable. It is the most unstoppable force in the universe. And when you see Jesus for who He is and not who our culture has reduced Him to be, you begin to see yourself the way God created you to be. You'll have no desire to retreat back to who you used to be. Instead, you'll begin to see life clearly. You'll see Jesus clearly. You'll see your purpose clearly. You'll see others clearly. I want to see Jesus clearer than I ever have before. I don't want to settle for a blurry image of what Jesus is like, what His nature is like. I want to see Him for who He is. Can you imagine for a moment what our lives would look like if we actually saw Jesus for who He is and what He's like? How different we would live how secure we would be on the inside, how encouraging we would become. I mean, life would never be the same. We'd find ourselves not getting so easily offended and hurt. We'd find ourselves not comparing and competing with everyone else. We'd find ourselves encouraging others. We'd find ourselves celebrating the success of others. We'd, we'd find ourselves more fun to be around. Don't settle for trees. If you know the person that you want to be, don't settle for trees. If you know the type of person you want to be with one day, don't settle for trees. If you know that God has saved you, say it with me, don't settle for trees. If God is with you, if God is for you, if God's put a dream in your heart, if God's ever been good to you, if God's ever spoken to you, if God's called you, don't settle for trees. Don't settle for trees. Don't settle for trees. Because Jesus never settled for you. Jesus never settled for you. Jesus never settled. He never hung. Jesus hung on a tree for you. He hung on a cross for you. He died and rose again so that you and I wouldn't have to settle for our sin, but so that we could be set free on the inside, so that we could be forgiven for everything that we've done wrong have a future secure in Him with every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray for a couple groups of people in this place. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 too that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. 
I believe that joy was you. I believe that Jesus saw you trying to do life on your own, struggling on your own, trying to figure things out on your own. And Jesus died and rose again so that you and I could live, so that we could be forgiven and set free. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if there is anyone under the sound of my voice tonight and you don't know what it means to have your own personal relationship with Jesus, then it would be my honour to include you in a very simple but powerful prayer, just opening up your heart to God, just saying, yes, Jesus, I wanna know you. I don't just wanna know about you. I don't just wanna know religion. I wanna know you. I don't know how you see Jesus, but I know how He sees you. And He loves you more than you could ever even begin to understand. He knows you by name, has this incredible plan and purpose for your life. And it all begins with you opening up your heart, saying yes, and accepting the price Jesus paid. So here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna count to three real quickly. And if there is anyone that needs to make their peace with God tonight, with no one looking around and no hesitation, I want you just to raise your hand just high enough and long enough for me to see it. And I'll include you in this prayer. Hands already going up, He sees you. On three, one, Jesus loves you. He died and rose again so you could know life. Two, the Bible says that right now, is the time for salvation. Don't wait. Another moment, three, if that's you, hands straight up in the air. Say, yeah, pray for me. I wanna know this Jesus. It's awesome. It's awesome. He sees you all over this place. He sees you watching online. He sees you tonight. Feels good, doesn't it? Hands lifted. Maybe at one point you were walking with God, but if you were honest tonight, you settled on the inside and you've drifted you feel so far from God and tonight you need to recommit your life to Jesus. If that's you, why don't you join all these hands and we'll pray right where you're at tonight. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand? Let me include you in this prayer. It's awesome. I'm glad I waited a moment longer for you. It's awesome. He sees you tonight. He loves you. He's proud of you. The past is the past. It's a brand new start, brand new season. You can put your hands down. Collide, can we stand to our feet? And as we do, can we put our hands together and thank God for people making the greatest decision that they will ever make. Incredible. We're going to pray this prayer. Very simple prayer. And then I'm going to pray for one more group of people and we're going to worship for some time longer. So as one big family tonight, why don't you repeat this after me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Son, Jesus. Come on, can you repeat this after me? I know He died and rose again for me. Right now I turn from my own way and I turn to You. Thank You that You love me, that You forgive me. By Your grace I'm saved. By Your power I'm set free. Today's a new day. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Thanks God for people making the greatest decision. And that is just the beginning. God has so much in store for you. We're going to worship in a moment. But would you bow your heads once more? I want to pray for another group in here. And you're on this journey and you love Jesus. But maybe as I was talking tonight, maybe God highlighted just maybe one area in your life that maybe you've started to settle in. And maybe you haven't even realized that you've been settling until tonight. Maybe you're like, Josh, there's more than one. I've been settling in a whole bunch of areas. This is what I want you to do. I want you to just pick one area. 
just one thing that maybe you've been settling in. And I want you to decide tonight, Jesus, I'm gonna give that to you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna let you lead me and I'm gonna let you guide me. I'm gonna let you be my source of strength and hope. And I'm not gonna settle any longer. If that's you and you've got that one area, that one thing you're thinking about, with no one looking around, would you raise your hand? I believe God's gonna do something powerful in this moment tonight. God knows exactly what it is. And He doesn't want you to settle. I believe He sent me on assignment tonight from New York City to Arkansas to let you know that it's not time to settle any longer. He's got so much in store for you. Your best days are very much ahead. And tonight, you're saying, Jesus, I'm not settling any longer. I'm not settling for trees. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep drawing near to you. Jesus, you see every hand that's raised. Jesus, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for every dream that you've placed in people's hearts tonight. Lord, I pray for whatever it is, whatever that area is where they feel like they've been settling, God, that you would breathe fresh hope, that you'd breathe fresh life, that Jesus, tonight, you would do something powerful on the inside, that God, you'd breathe hope again, that God, confidence would begin to rise, that Jesus, tonight, we would be reminded that you are with us, that you, God, are for us, that Jesus, there is no one like you, Jesus, You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. Jesus, You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And we lift up Your name tonight and we declare that we are not settling, we are not drawing back, we are not giving in, we are not giving up. Jesus, there's more in store. We love You tonight. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise in this place. If you love Jesus, let's lift Him up tonight. Come on. Check this out.